I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. Most of the time, when I'm hunkered down here in my favorite big black leather papa chair in the living room, I'm just sitting and sopping up the middle of the night. I love it. You know, the jingle-jangle junk of the day is on hold, and you can actually hear ideas blooming in the nighttime. The quiet. You can actually kind of stretch and, and get a, a tingle in your fingertips again, you know? Of course, at this time of night, that could get you into a little bit of trouble, but I think I'm safe tonight because I have my second favorite laptop out and, and lit, and there are lots of emails about last week's questions podcast to tell you about. Proud podcast participant Dick Butler says, you board a plane or a boat, but you only deplane. You disembark from a boat, but when you disembark a tree, it's called stripping. I love it when you talk dirty like that, Dick. Now, here's some more great questions. I think these are from proud podcast participant Jim King. He says, why do we press harder on the remote control when we know the batteries are going dead? Hmm. And whose idea was it to put an S in the word lisp? Proud podcast participant Jim Duran had some beauties here. He says, if if nobody buys a ticket to the movies, do they still show the movie? Can you be a closet claustrophobic? What shape is the sky? All good questions, for which I have absolutely no answers. Proud podcast participant John from Massachusetts listens to this podcast on WCAP Radio in Lowell. And he's talking about the podcast in which I told you about being a voice in the middle of the night when I was on the air and how I loved that. And John says a very big thing in a very short sentence. He says, I used to listen to you, and thanks for all the memories of radio when it was our friend. Yeah. But here's my favorite. It's about that same middle-of-the-night voice podcast, and it comes from Chrissy Girl. won't read the whole thing to you, but here, here's the part that got me. She says, quote, I'm a college freshman, and I have always found it difficult to stop thinking about all the things that I need to do, even when I'm in bed and I'm exhausted. But the one thing that's always been able to get me to sleep is your good night podcast. It's nice. Thank you, Chris. And then she says, listen to this. I think it's absolutely wonderful that you could live out your childhood fantasy of being the voice in the night. And in complete honesty, I want to tell you that your podcast voice in the middle of the night has made me feel safe and relaxed and beautiful, no matter how stressed out and horrible I was feeling before I listened. What a great note. And there's a P.S. She says, I really wish I could meet a Louie Louie generation guy in my own generation. I think that would be wonderful. Now, Chris, Big Louie, his own bad self, has always said that membership in the Louie Louie generation isn't only based on age. It is also a matter of putting some sweat and, and spark and, and smile in your life. So on that basis, Chris, I hereby proclaim to all and sundry that Chrissy Girl is now an honorary member of the Louie Louie generation. Yeah. 
Now, Chrissy Girl's note got me to thinking about what actually makes a Louie Louie generation guy the bedmate of choice for so many supermodels, porn stars, and other beautiful and successful women. And I've told you some of the generalities. Of it. I've told you, you know, it's our, our gentlemanly charm and our poise and our grace and the fact that some of us have a little money. But uh, I thought it would be a good thing if I gave some of you young guys the top 20 list of specific things that you can do to help you in your struggle to achieve full-fledged Louis Louis guyhood. And here they are. Number 20. If you're going to wear a baseball cap, unless you are an actual catcher in full uniform and the game is still going on, wear your cap peak front like a human. Number 19. Unless you have a religious reason for wearing your cap indoors, take it off when you walk into a restaurant with a lady. Number 18. You don't necessarily have to wear a jacket and a tie, but don't show up looking like either Barney Rubble or an Elton John impersonator who was left out in the rain overnight. Number 17. Speaking of adornment, earrings look lovely on the ladies, especially the dangle ones, but Earrings just make you look like a bunch of pirates of the Caribbean voted you off the island. Number 16. When a lady trusts you enough to grace your presence in a car, open the door for her and help her in. Number 15. Then, when you get where you're going, reverse the process. Jump out of the driver's seat, open the door, and help her out. Of course, you'd better be ready to catch her if she faints with the shock. Number 14. When you're on a date, do not take cell phone calls. And do not make outgoing cell phone calls either, especially in the middle of some physical expression of affection that does not make you seem like a big wheel, makes you seem like an idiot. Number 13. Ditch your favorite lines, lies, and general BS. Ladies are smart, and honesty is a lady turn-on. Number 12, read a paper or a magazine that has nothing to do with your favorite sports team so that you'll have something that has nothing to do with spikes or sneakers or cleats to talk with her about. Number 11, brush your teeth. Or if you're a hockey goalie, be sure your teeth are properly installed and turned in the right direction. Number 10, take a shower, change your socks and underwear. Contrary to what your buddies may tell you, sweat is not a turn-on to most ladies. Number nine, one or two beers is probably okay. More than that, and you are over the lady limit. Number eight, show up for the date on time according to whatever actual time zone you were in when you made the date. Number seven, shut up and listen to what the lady is saying. Try to understand not only the words, but how she feels about what she's telling you. If she's upset because her cat died... Even if you're kind of glad because the damn cat was a drag, she's not glad. So be genuinely not glad with her. Number six. You won't understand everything she says, but the key words here are listen, feel, and genuine. Repeat after me. Listen, feel, and genuine. That's good. Number five. When you're out with a lady, keep your fingers and your eyes off other hotties. Number four. Do not sit in your car and blow your horn to announce your arrival. Ring the bell. Smile. Escort her to the car. 
Number three, bring her some small surprise. Doesn't have to be a dozen roses. A little dandelion that you pick from the lawn is fine. Just a little surprise. Make her smile. Number two, she has done something to make herself look especially pretty for you. Figure out what it is and compliment her on it. And number one, and most important, always protect her. Even though she may be bigger and stronger than you are. Job number one, make her feel safe and relaxed and beautiful. Do these things, guys. Make Big Louie proud. Dicks to tails. A bunch of totally unimportant stuff to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important stuff that's keeping you awake out the other ear. And you can nod off comfortably to sleep. Butterflies have 12,000 eyes. Remember that when you unexpectedly come on one that is tattooed on your date's somewhat personal person. Watch out. Only 53% of Americans have been to a dentist. I guess that's why we call the thing a toothbrush. If the percentage had been around 90%, we'd be calling it a teeth brush. The smart guys say it will take plastic about 50,000 years to decompose, which to me makes a bizarre picture. When you consider folks who have died after extensive facelifts and breast augmentations. Dicks the tails. They take your mind off your mind. There is a story in the Night Connections personal audio CD about how a true Louis Louis generation guy managed to overcome the natural shortcomings of his guyhood to make his lady glad she picked him over some pretty stiff competition. It's called A Disorganized Husband. You're so hot and angry your makeup is melting. Disorderly conduct. That's the charge that you're secretly planning on filing against him the next time you're in the presence of someone perhaps a little further up the food chain, someone who might have some chance of understanding your frustration. Another woman with a husband, for example. You can't believe how a grown man can be so disorganized, so incapable, so unaware of what's going on around him. He drives like a maniac. He usually has no idea of where he is or how he's going to get where he's going. He can never find his keys, although sometimes they're in one of his hands. And most of the time he loses his glasses because he's parked them on top of his head. And right now he's rummaging through his socks drawer, looking for the invitation that has the address to the party that you're supposed to be at right now. He's just told you he's pretty sure it was for tonight. On the other hand, it might be next week. You have just spent the better part of an hour on your hair and your nails. You have on your new ruffled white poet shirt, your black velvet pants and your brocade vest. A single almost perfect pearl is dangling from your black silk choker ribbon. You turn down a stockbroker, an airline captain and a TV anchorman for this man, standing there in his boxer shorts and undershirt, this uncoordinated slob who sometimes can't remember where he parked his car. Right now you're asking yourself, why did you do that? And before you can answer your own question, his voice does it for you. It is a quiet, deep, breathy sound. Oh my God, he says. You are beautiful. 
and very slowly he lifts his hand to almost touch your face. His fingers are actually trembling. He's not extraordinarily handsome, but his body is very male, muscular, confident, ready. His eyes are usually brown. Right now they're black. His fingers are gentle but very firm. He quietly unties the ribbon from around your neck and slowly unbuttons your blouse. There's no more thought of being late. He has taken command of time. He dominates the space between you. He carefully undoes your black lace with one hand, holding you very close with the other. You are a very strong woman, some would say arrogant, willful, assertive, intelligent. Your makeup is melting on his chest. Way to go, Louie Louie guy. That's a story called The Disorganized Husband, and it's from the Night Connections personal audio CD. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast, or if you want a fresh copy, just go to DickSummer.com, download one from the CD Baby icon, whatever works for you. Just a little housekeeping here. If you like these podcasts or the uh, spoken word personal audio story CDs at DickSummer.com, or my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot, available at Amazon.com. If you like any of those, would you please tell a couple of friends, because they might like them too, and you would be doing me a big favor. Thank you very much. Now, here's one more question that has been bothering me a little bit. If you know the answer, please drop me an email at dick at dicksummer.com. You will get an answer, some kind of an answer. Anyway, here's the question. If there is a receptionist... Why isn't there a rejectionist? Huh? Tell me. Send me an email. I'm sitting here looking at my second favorite laptop right now. Oh, by the way, you may be asking the question, why am I looking at my second favorite laptop? And the answer to that is because my absolutely favorite laptop is my lady wonder wench and I don't want to wake her up. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.